I won't say that we will completely replace the human side of it, but I do think that this, alongside the already um, human employees on site, can make it even more efficient to those companies and to those chains. And it could open doors that that not been opened before. Welcome to the second season of The Modern Hotelier, the fastest growing hospitality podcast. Both hosts were named top 100 most powerful people in hospitality and voted fourth most popular podcast by the International Hospitality Institute. Each episode will get to know an industry expert and we'll discuss the latest trends in hospitality to help you, The Modern Hotelier. Welcome to The Modern Hotelier. I'm your host, David Malilli. And I'm your co-host, Steve Karen. And I'm the producer, John Boomhofer. This episode is sponsored by Growth Advisors International Network, the leading travel and hospitality innovation and growth advisory firm. GAIN is a global collective of seasoned C-level commercial, tech, operations, finance, and marketing executives, delivering an advisory platform focused on tactical and actionable solutions to drive growth, industry impact, and intelligent commercial expansion for the travel, food service, and hospitality tech industry. From technology and product development reviews, commercial strategy and brand positioning, to sales leadership and international go-to-market advisory, GAIN provides a range of managed C-level advisory services and expertise to tech vendors, investor funds, and hospitality entities, and helps startups and scale-ups in attaining commercial momentum and the capital for their seed to series rounds and exits. For more information and to contact Gain Advisors, head to gainadvisors.com. Steve, who do we have on the program today? Yeah, David. So for the first time on The Modern Hotelier, we have two guests at the same time. We're really excited to have Andre Smith and Marnix Locke with us today. They're the two co-founders of HoloConnects. Uh, you can see what HoloConnects is a little bit behind them, but we're going to dive more into that today. But welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Of course. So we're going to go through a couple areas. Uh, we're going to ask you some random questions, get to know you a little bit better, talk about the company and your careers and how you got to where you're at, and then we're going to get your thoughts on the industry. All, All right. right. So, Perfect. So here we go. So first question is for each of you to answer, are you a morning or a night person? I'm definitely a morning person. Uh, I've treated... Yeah, little children. So they are like waking me up at six in the morning. So uh, <laughs> at 10, uh, at 10 a.m. I am, I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm in a transition of being a more morning person. So I, I was more like an uh, evening night person. I've also got kids. So you need to, you need to wake up early up in the morning. <laughs> okay. What is the most used emoji on your phone? Ooh, I don't really do emojis, but I do think <laughs> it's probably a big laugh because the life is just one big laugh, I think. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, the, yeah. the laugh with the tears, I think. So same here. Same who's here. Your, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's your favorite band or singer? Wow. Um, I think these days I listen the most to Burna Boy, which is an artist coming out of uh, Nigeria. Probably you have both the same answers because we're quite the same guy yeah. in another jacket. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, for me, I think it's Burna Boy right now. Yeah, Burna Boy listen a lot of to African music. My roots are also from Africa, but my all-time favorite artist, uh, I must say Michael Jackson. It's okay, uh, cool. cliche, but yeah. 
Yeah, good answer. Have either of you been told that you look like somebody famous and who was it? No, not like somebody famous. People often tell me, hey, they think I'm somebody else. So right. they say all kinds of names to me uh, and they think <laughs> that I'm the person, but not somebody famous. No, 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 not me either. There was only um, a rapper in, in the Netherlands that looked a little bit like me, but no, no, no. Okay. All right. So if you had a time machine and you go, you could go in the future or the past, which would it be and what year would you go to? I would go to the past. What year would I go to? Maybe just before the birth of my daughter. And we'll still continue oh, wow. to see that, but um, then do a little bit of a change up in my investments. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's a nice one. I would definitely go to, to the future. And I think I would go like a thousand years from now uh, wow. because I see those I see those series on, on Netflix where you have those yeah. alien planets where they yeah. get a look into the future and with all sorts of thoughts about what the future could look like. Yeah, so I'm definitely curious about where we are as a civilization in a thousand years. Um, awesome. Yeah, I love very that. Curious about I that. love that. Awesome. So now move on to the next section, which we just want to learn a little bit more about you guys, what makes you tick. So this one you both get to answer. Andre, we'll start with you. And then Marnix, you can go after. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a very small village. We had like 5,000 inhabitants, I think. Uh, it's called Geldermalsen, which is a city next to where we are located as a company right now. I think it was good growing up there. Not too much, not like a big city. And Marnix, what about you? So I grew up in... Um the town that we also have our office, which is called Kulenborg. It's all difficult to pronounce uh, for you guys in, uh, in English, but it was uh, great growing up here, just in a good good neighborhood and uh, great parents. I have three sisters who are all lovely, so um, grew up in a warm family. Yeah. Awesome. How did growing up there shape you two? Well, yeah. I, I grew up in a small city, like I said, like five in 5,000 inhabitants. I think from the moment I went to mid school, I think that's a little bit different than how that is uh, structured in the US. But mm -hmm. then I went to Kulenborg, which I know Marnix for when we were like 13 years old. So basically all our lives we've known each other. But yeah. I do think that living, growing up in, in a very small village made me... Um, it was very important for me to have a big imagination and work with all sorts of things without too much distraction. And maybe that was the basis for uh, thinking big and thinking outside of where I grew up and that, uh, that the world is much bigger and life is much bigger than, than that. So I think it was a good environment to grow up in. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can agree with that also but also i've studied later on in uh, in a bigger city so which also opened doors also andre studied in a bigger city of course but that also opened doors and uh, also to the imagination and to the creativity that you can get from maybe growing up in a smaller town enhanced the the vision and enhanced the yeah everything that that, that you want to achieve help yeah so what what really drove you guys or, or made you become entrepreneurs? Were there other family members that you were kind of, you saw that they did something on their own or what led you to kind of down this path of, of being an entrepreneur? 
I think in my case, I know for sure it was my uh, my father. He had like a cleaning company. So when we were like seven, eight years old, we always went from our school. We drove by the bike to the to the office. Uh, my mother was there working as well, and uh, yeah, basically grew up in an environment where entrepreneurial uh, yeah activities were were daily be done. And my father. We had like a lot of conversations about business models, about ideas, about how you could make from an idea something big. We always calculated what really cost, what what you can earn about it, what right. you need to be to be successful, and where you would go. I wouldn't say that that my father was like a big entrepreneur, but I think that little seed, because of his vision and because what he, the way right. he looked at things, I think he planted inside of my head, and that grew and that grew. Uh, so that's why. I never actually worked for a boss. I think I do, did like two small jobs and I was terrible working for a boss <laughs> because I was really dreaming much bigger yeah, than sure. um, than what the, the reality could bring me that day. So from, I think at the age of 18, I tried a hundred and things just to become successful. And I think the last three years, I really found something that that could make impact in numerous sectors and could really have value to society. So um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For for me, uh, also my father is a big example, but not on the entrepreneurial side. Uh, in my younger years, he was working at a at a bank, but he was all always working. He was a very hardworking person, always educating himself, doing different types of masters, doing work while having four children and having a having a wife, of of course. And later on, after my study. He stopped working at the bank and he began working for himself. And then I started, after my study, I started working with him. And that gave me inspiration to do something for myself also. But also in my younger years, my older sister is um, not per se entrepreneurial, but driving me to do something for myself because I couldn't handle hierarchy uh, very good. So she said, okay, you need to go and work for yourself. So uh, I think those two persons are my main reasons of being a uh, being my own uh, own boss. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. That's a good little background. I appreciate that. Now, uh, find out a little bit more what you did before Hollow Connect, and then we'll dig into Hollow Connects here. So sounds like you both had that entrepreneurial, your entrepreneurial spirit. What types of either jobs or businesses did you both start before, before coming together at Hollow Connects? Well, I, when I was 12 years old, I did a paper round at six in the morning, which in 70%, I just threw them away. <laughs> uh, no, they're not, that's no, already, uh, no, that's um, true. I think that's true for like 50% of them. <laughs> no, but I, I really um, learned working hard from a very young age. I mean, uh, getting up at, uh, at half past five when you're 12 years old and doing a paper round, ask for some discipline. And I think in that sense, by the time I did the paper round I was already you know it's like your own thing you're planning your own route so you're thinking about how can I be efficient how can I end this task the fastest as I can I think that's that's where it all started and then 
like I said, I did some jobs, two or three jobs for a boss, which I ended up within two months stopping it because I was already uh, doing uh, other things at the same time. And then, because my mother wanted me to be a doctor, so I went to uh, I went to the university to become a doctor. But after one year, that was a terrible uh, mistake as well. <laughs> that's when I um, I started to really find my own path, and I started to do a, a university within uh, within business, which I did. I completed it in ten years because after the second year, we did a minor, which was entrepreneurial uh, international entrepreneurship, and that's where I started my first company which was basically like a, um, it was a product for schools that they could use in the gym lessons. And mm -hmm. it's like some sort of a feather, which, which is quite similar to badminton, but this was a bigger feather. You could use it with your hands as well as with your feet. It was good for your hand and eye coordination. So I made a whole program together with a friend of mine who is a teacher within gym lessons himself. And, um, I sold those two. Was that Fuddle? Was that Fuddle? That was Fado, indeed. Yeah, that was Fado. Some okay. Check. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> so it's good to know that well, what I'm talking about. It was Fado, indeed, which was. I thought I would be a millionaire within one year, and I had like a really big deal going on within I think 12 mm -hmm. months, yeah. and that was for 200,000 of those of those Fados. And then the day they needed to pay the 50% down payment, they said, Andre, we cannot do it because there are like animal feathers in it and we can't use products that are literally coming from, from an animal. So I said to them, well, it's like a product. The chicken is already dead. The feathers will be thrown away or they will be reused for a product that can stimulate children to go back on the street and play again. Why is that not an option? He said, well, it's just policies. We cannot do it and we will not do it. So I have to, uh, I have to cancel this, uh, this order. I think that was a pivotal moment for me to really stop with that product because replacing the feather with another product was just not an option because it, then it would be too too heavy to use. Sure. So that's when uh, when I stopped that initial uh, uh, company and I did I think like three or four other things for which were not yeah not something worth mentioning but then <laughs> uh, i think i went 25 that's when when i had my first child uh, nora she's now uh, seven years old and that's when i really started to rethink that i need to make some money and then i really just literally started like call center jobs just selling energy contracts and that's where Because I was going to work there, the guy told me, hey, do you know other people that could work here? I said, yeah, I can do that, but then uh, you need to hire them because I'm going to start a um, recruitment agency. And then he left, and one week later, I had a recruitment agency, and I had five people there that could, that could start working. And that's basically when, when I really made some money until the point that I was like 29. I had a company in, uh, in Curaçao because me and my family, we moved to Curaçao, which is in the Caribbean. And I had, a, I had an office in Netherlands and I went back and forth. Then at one point, I thought about growing this into a bigger company, but it was hard to do that because you were very reliable on people and not just the product. And I always thought I wanted to have a product because I know that's better to sell and I know you can make some real value with a product that could make some impact on society. And that's where... Uh, Marnix, uh, he joined us with the family in Curaçao. And that's where we started the, the concept of what we are doing today. So for me, 
the phase that Andre uh, mentioned during his 25th a year uh, when he became a father I had that a little bit earlier I was um, my wife was pregnant when I was 19 so I was still studying and became father at 20 so my my thought was okay what should I do right now I'm still studying I'm I'm studying music which is already a <laughs> difficult sector to to make money in and I also did that with Andre so there was also an uh a phase of where we were yeah. entrepreneurs in music yeah. and we earned some money but way not enough uh, to to pay rent or to pay mortgage or whatever so after my study I start, start working at my father's company and during the same time I also made a website for myself and for my father and I thought okay why shouldn't I do this for others and then I did some acquisition and quite quickly I already got some customers made some websites and then did an online marketing agency, which was not really a marketing agency, but I thought it was a market, marketing agency and I uh, earned some money with that. But later on, while working with my father, I started the transition to a paid company and I was a, an employer at a recruitment company, which is called Tempo Team. And during that same time, working full-time, I still uh, had, had that online marketing agency and wanted to work there full-time, make some profit and uh, had some money on the bank so I can transition to a full-time uh, entrepreneur. And then I worked with Andre also at the same time in the recruitment business. I had some money in the bank and I, I could say to the job, okay, I'm now quitting. I'm now working for myself. And so... That was awesome. like, I think, six years ago, approximately. Wow. And then um, I had the recruitment business for three years and then sold it. And stories come together. We went yeah. to Curacao yeah. and then uh, the initial idea of Hollow Connects uh, came up. And then we started the business. Yeah. Yeah. So share with us. So you guys are coming up on close to three years. Hollow Connects, tell us, you know, uh, tell us what it is and tell us how you guys came up with the idea. What HoloConnects is, is an amazing company, of course. It's, uh, it's a company that provides hologram as a service, which is mm -hmm. new to the whole world. And what we are basically doing is trying to solve bigger global problems with holograms in some sort of way. And the hologram itself, it's a tool to, to create a bigger value. And that could be any kind of service. Yeah, and I think that during the time that we started and developed uh, the, the product that we have also in the background, of course, is that, okay, we did events and we did some things and uh, some companies bought the, bought the Holobox and then they've asked us, for, okay, how can we implement it into our business or how can we use it instead of only making content for them? We had the idea, okay, how can we bring this hologram box into a more like a service level. And that's why we transitioned yeah. to the idea of not only having a gimmick-ish product to a, to a service and helpful and a more efficient making company a product. Yeah, so we initially started, and I think that's, that, that's, that's a great story. We initially started, mm. we went both on Curacao. We had a dad in the family 
and due to the debt, we asked ourselves, what if we suddenly going to die? Can our children see us as a life-size person? And could they meet mm. us after uh, we, uh, we died? Mm. And based around that question, we started to search a technology that could support this question. And then we um, found out that, that there was no technology at all that you could use in just a normal location in a small room mm. and you could see someone uh, as a life-size person and that's when we started to develop our own technology which is the hollow box which you see on the background of course and we got a lot of media traction because the initial idea was you make your hologram you leave that for the eternity for your mm -hmm. children grandchildren great great grandchildren uh, a thousand years from now and it would be still there and they could see you as a life-size person and they could meet their grandfather great-grandfather in a way that could not be done before but then there wasn't any interest from uh, people to really buy this technology or buy this service right. but we got a lot of interest from other companies and one of those companies was the united nations that called us and said hey can we use your technology to have our high officials being flew in from all around the world but not by plane but as a hologram And of course, we said we could do that. We did not have the technology to do that, but we made it happen, of course. Um, uh, so we made that happen. And then based on that initial idea, we really started to pivoting into, hey, we could be a communication company. We could be a company providing companies to be anywhere in the world mm -hmm. uh, without having to fly. We could even be valuable to those sustainability goals and make use of this technology and reduce emissions. So we started to pivoting into the life connection side of, uh, of the hologram business. And that's when we got in contact with Thomas, with CIC Hospitality, and they brought up the question, what if we could use this technology in our front of house services and have one people, one employee from headquarters being called into several hotels so that our on-site staff members can do more important tasks and that's building a relationship with our visitors. So that's basically the route from the initial concept to where we are today. Yeah, and what's also interesting to mention is that we had a lot of concept thinking and also the reception side, which the idea was already think born maybe two years ago. Yeah. But we didn't know how and we didn't know what and with who we should work. And then we had an event. It was a hotel uh, uh, exhibition. And, and then we met also Thomas, I think, yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So how does this actually like work? Like we see that person walking behind you, Andre, they come up and talk for a little bit and then they walk away. So how does it work? Yeah, well, in the basics, it is quite easy, the content creation, because we just use a normal 2D camera. And basically, if you shoot a person in front of a white background or even a white wall with a plexiglass plate on the ground, and we upload it inside the box, it will directly feel volumetric and it will feel like someone is literally standing inside of a box. And that's because all the uh, magic happens inside the box itself. Then I think Monix can explain a little bit better how, uh, how the box uh, is built up. It's making use of an uh, LCD panel, which we make transparent. And we have an um, inner box, which is latent from 
all five sides. And we have, uh, when you see the gray lines in the background, that are physical lines, which en uh, emphasize also the feeling of a real inside box and feeling of that you're standing inside a box. And that's that's one part of uh, of the of the big magic that's happening to make something feel like volumetric, uh, like a volumetric person. So I want to make sure I'm understanding this right. So somebody, you have an office somewhere and yep. you're recording that person, you know, yep. they walk into that section and then that is projected directly to the hologram box. Is it pre-recorded yep. or can it be live as well? It can be both. So what you're seeing right now is <laughs> is pre-recorded, <laughs> or yep. yeah, you can uh, <laughs> she can she can move now from the from the white background. So we will see what disappeared. No, just joking <laughs> around. But this is pre-recorded, <laughs> and uh, which we also do uh, at at Thomas Hotel CSC is pre-recorded video <laughs> with a combination of videos behind the video, so you can push buttons on the touchscreen. It's also touchscreen mm -hmm. uh, by, by this meaning. And you can switch also to live live streaming. So the person can be a, a life-size person, live streaming, and you can talk and interact with them. Wow. So the if, a, if yeah. a, hypothetically, if a hotel does have a question, they you could do the pre-recording at first, says, welcome to yeah. XYZ Hotel. But if exactly. they need to speak to a front desk, you talk to a live person. Yeah, so you can be more efficient if you have like common questions uh, inside your hotel, which take a lot of time or take uh, take some personnel, right. time from personnel. You can uh, make it more efficient by tackling those questions with pre-recorded videos. And then if sure. there's not a question that, that could be answered by pre-recorded video, it's like an, an uncommon question. You can click on the live reception host and then can switch to, uh, to the live reception. So yeah, you can make it more efficient with this. Yeah. Yeah. So how it works within um, within the Aden Hotel, the the first installation mm -hmm. we did with Thomas, is that somebody steps into the hotel, they step in some sort of activation zone through a remote sensor, the person is being uh, detected, and then automatically the welcomes video will start, and uh, that video will say, "Hey, welcome to Hotel Aden. How can I help you?" And then it fades out. You see a couple of buttons. One button is I want to check in. And then if you click on that button, you see another video that says you can check in on your left side. If you have some questions, just please press the button, call a live Aiden host. Mm. And then when you press the button, call a live Aiden host, we will get a request at headquarters and they can step in. And like a couple of seconds later, you have a live connection uh, running. Yeah, it's basically like a Zoom call, but you can see the person, the employee, the receptionist as a life-size hologram. And then you can wrap up the, the questions uh, they have, answer them uh, correctly, and then um, go on to the next request, which can come from uh, 10 or 20 other hotels. Yeah. So you guys are working with uh, companies like T-Mobile, Deloitte, PlayStation. Um, outside of CIC, uh, what's the most exciting thing that you're working on right now? If you can tell us, that would be great. We are working on some very, very exciting projects, but unfortunately cannot tell you too much about it. Um, but I think one one great project, and um, we just um, had an article about that online. We're working with the government in, in the Middle East, cool. yeah. and which is a project for embassies and banks. It's a very big project, and I think that, uh, that can uh, uh, create some real impact within that sector as well. Yeah, I think working with UN is always something special. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Working with the United Nations, yeah. it's like uh, we can make some real impact with the United Nations behind us. So, uh, so I think that's that's a great project. 
And the other ones, yeah, we need to keep them for ourselves. Yeah. Because sure um, enough. Uh, all on the NDA. <laughs> we gotta Fair ask. Enough. We gotta ask. Yeah, yeah I know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have a long-term future for Hollow Connects? Is this like on your roadmap for, you know, five years down the road? Is this a first step? And then, you know, you have something next coming. What What's Hollow Connect going to be in, in five years? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, in five years, we have some substantial installations within within hotel sector itself, but then also office buildings, hospitals, all around the hologram as a service concept. I think in five years, we probably have an update in the technology itself. I hope that we, by that time, have a full hologram floating in the air without wow. even um, having a box there. I don't think it's really realistic to have it in five years. I think that would be more on the roadmap for 10 years, but ideally that would be in five years. And then I do think that the whole AI wave that is going on right now, which of course is a little bit discussable right now, but I do think that it could have some substantial value in automizing a pre-recorded hologram and that you could ask questions to that hologram and he or she can answer them due to the whole open AI and chat GPT technology behind it. And that we maybe can um, can make it more efficient for the hoteliers itself. Awesome. Honestly, the first thing I thought of, I don't. You guys were on the same age. Back to the Future, when they have the Jaws in the movie theater, and he like comes out from the top of the yeah. movie theater and like bites Marty McFly. That's what yeah. I see you guys yeah. doing at the Future. Yeah, you know, yeah, you guys yeah. are gonna be. <laughs> that's gonna be your company, Back we'll to the Future. Sharks, but maybe with yeah. the yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe hey, shark who knows? Tank, maybe right? sharks. <laughs> maybe Shark Tank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that was really just a great overview for for yeah. Hollow Connects, uh, especially for people who not, might not be that familiar. But you know, now I want to tie this into how this is affecting the hotel industry. You know, we talked to Thomas from CIC. He had great things to say. But you know, yeah. what benefits are you seeing? Is this from Hollow Connects being in the hotel industry? And yeah. is uh, you know, the CIC hospitality, are they the first group you're working with? Do you, uh, is is there plans to expand more in, into this industry? Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. So we have one group in Amsterdam as well that's already um, deploying three hotels. Yep. One with a small box because these hotels are all under the 50 rooms and they are digitalizing everything. So from opening the door to generating the keys to scanning the passports to then having a holographic employee, everything is being uh, done remotely. And in within, especially within this, this type of surroundings, I think it has a great value because you are going to digitalize everything, but you don't lose the human touch and the hospitality side of the business. And I think that's a big going forward in comparison to the existing check-in kiosk where you maybe have a person with a face saying, hey, welcome, or just a focal or not even. Um, yeah. 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 So I think that's, um, that's a big leap forward. Then, of course, with CIC, we're going to integrate to 30 hotels within the next years, but there are already some big chains which are yeah, showing great interest in this product. But the lead times for that, they are quite long because it's going to be for quite a big installations. So you guys have kind of, you, you touched on this, uh, my, my question, but so are you, are you focused on hotels? Do you have like a dedicated salesperson? And do you think that you know, you've gotten some interest, you have CIC. Do you think this is something that 
you know, you're talking about 30 hotels, other groups. Do you, do you see yourself maybe end of 2024 being in a thousand hotels or something of that nature, or is that too aggressive? Yeah. Well, yeah. the goal, the goal this year would be 50 hotels. Next year it's 400, and the year after that we are looking at one to two thousand hotels. That's the the aim for the next years, and definitely because the way we now deploy these technologies is so sustainable that we do think that this is going to be where Holoconnect will will be in the next couple of years. So probably 70 to, to 80% of our business will be focused on manning receptions with live holograms. And that would not only be hotels, but also, like I said, uh, shopping malls, hospitals, office buildings. But this concept is definitely going to be our main focus. Yep. And I think within hospitality itself, we are now building a team, especially for hospitality. So we're building a sales team in uh, in Europe and a sales team in the US because we do think that this is the time to integrate this within uh, the hospitality sector itself. And it all is a result of, of course, the pandemic where the whole hotel sector got to the point that they know that they need to scale down on their operational cost and maybe rethink their operational model. And I won't say that we will completely uh, replace the, the human the human side of it, but I do think that this, alongside the, um, the already um, uh, human employees on site, can make it even more efficient to those companies and to those chains. And it could open doors that, that not been opened before. And I'm, I'm going to kind of go off that. If your, your comment right there, what do you say to those hotels that are, are nervous to implement this type of technology that want that, you know, what if it malfunctions and, you know, thinks of more of all the bad things that can happen before of all the yep. good it can, good it can bring, you know, what do you say to those, those types of hotels that are, are nervous to, to start this process? I say, well, I completely understand that. And probably you should be a little bit nervous because all new things are quite exciting and maybe you need to be a little bit nervous about mm-hmm. it. But then what we always do is that we start a pilot period with just one, two or three locations. Then that will speak for itself because once we do a pilot period for a couple of months, 95% will go through and they really, really like it. So yeah, that would always be the first step. Like, let's do a pilot period. Let's see how your audience is reacting to this technology. And let's see how we need to structure this technology in your organization. Because it really varies from from hotel to hotel, chain to chain, how they use this technology. For example, we also have a uh, hotel group that's going to use it only with pre-recorded content, not even the live connection itself, but they are going to use it during the check-in procedures that the GM has a welcomes message, which is pre-recorded. Then in midday, they are going to move the box internally to the bar. During lunch, there is a saxophone that's going to play a little bit of music. And then um, in the evening, Evening, there may be a DJ in the in the club itself, so they're going to use it on a whole different way than uh, <laughs> than CIC is going to use it. Um, but also, if you are going to deploy it like that, it really has some nostalgia value because the customer experience will be um, will be high end by then. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so this one is for Marnix. I want to ask you, what advice would you give some to someone who's starting their own business? Something you've learned that you would say, you know, make sure you do the following. 
Wow, uh, good question. Um, what I should advise is that first of all, believe in yourself. That's that's uh, that's one thing. And I'm having conversation, of course, with people that want to be uh, an entrepreneur or want to do something for themselves, and they're only having the thoughts of, okay, this is my idea and this is what I can do and this is what I need to do. But just right. do it. Yeah, just do it, and and uh, you will fall, and you will uh, get up, and if you fall 99 times, if you get up 100 times, you will succeed uh, that one. So, just do it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, everyone says says it, and it seems cliche, but you know that you yeah, sometimes it, learn more really from your like failures. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's just you know doing it, having an issue, failing, and then kind of coming back and. And getting it right the second time. So good advice. I think also getting getting uh, the right people beside you. You you cannot do anything by by yourself, and that's what Andre and I also speak a lot of times about. Is the value of a of a great team is priceless, and um, yeah. getting the the right people at the right place that will make the job work and done. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mix in one kind of surprise question. Sorry, Steve, but so both for both you. Give the audience one word that describes the other person. Yes. So, Andre, give us one word for, for Marnix and vice versa. One word that describes him. Perfectionist. Good. Ambitious. Wow. Excellent. That was great. How did you guys know you wanted to work with each other? Because you guys like just vibe very well, and it seems like you guys just have great energies back and forth. Yeah, we're brothers, so we don't yeah. want to work together. <laughs> no, that's a question. No, no, no. I think, um, of course, you know, because we're basically um, we're very good friends. Uh, then we are family. Uh, now we're business partners. Yeah. Uh, they say they always ask, "Isn't that hard?" Because it's a very thin line between if the business can take the overhand on the private level yeah. and that can affect the private level, private relationship as well. So we did, uh, we were musicians together. Then we tried another mm. company together that failed. That made us having uh, quite a bit of a fight. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah, almost yeah. ended our private <laughs> relationship yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. But that was but the it's still ongoing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that no, but I think that point that we said to each other, okay, now we're going to forget all the business side of it uh, because, uh, you know, there's more than that. There's yeah. more than that. Yeah. And we're going to stick it to our private relationship because that's number one priority uh, in, uh, in whatever we are doing. I think that was the basis for the fact that we won't never ever go to that uh, position again and be in the same situation as where we were there and that we now completely trust each other and that we know where our limits are and we respect uh, we respect our boundaries and i think that, yeah, that i think that, that really that, is the, the basis of the success i think yeah, that that's the fundament uh, the start of the relationship was of, of course the fundament but i think the bigger collision if i can make uh, say it like that mm -hmm. was also a fundament of this of this uh, company and I had a dream always to make a big company with, with uh, alongside with my friends and maybe also with my family, and that's now that's now uh, going on. So uh, my wife is in the business, his wife is in the business, our greatest friends are in the, in the business, his father-in-law is in the business. So it's a it's a family a family company. I think it is riskful. But if you uh, if you communicate with each other and if you are open with each other, everything will go in the right direction. And I think you will fight a little bit more than uh, than when you work for 
a normal job <laughs> if I say it like this. Absolutely. Um, um, I love that. I love that. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys coming on. Now we're actually moving to our last segment. Uh, our producer, John, has been listening this whole time. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, John, you got some questions that uh, you have from listening, like a fly on the wall? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a fellow musician, artist myself. And so like that back round that you guys have really intrigues me. Also, going from playing in a band, not making enough to support a family, and then starting a business, like we have that in common. So I'm wondering, first off, what kind of music did you guys play together? How we made hip hop music. I was producer and rapper, okay. and Andre was uh, rapping also. Yeah, yeah, dope. Well, and so that whole thing and the creative energy with that, and then how do you think that impacts? like the entrepreneurial thing or the starting a business? Yeah, so when you start something like this, uh, like a music uh, musician band or hip-hop band, how, what kind of label you want to hang on it, but uh, you're being in a, like a funnel, in, in like your studio is uh, like your bubble. And when you make music, you're really proud at that moment. And also later on, of course, can be better days and can be worse days, of course, uh, in producing. But at some point, you want to make people listen to your music. And then you need to think about, okay, how can we bring it to the people? How can we uh, market it? Uh, how can we go to uh, get live performances? Can we get it to uh, YouTube or can we get it to Spotify? So you need to think about those business questions also. And I think Andre was already more into that um, than I was because I was also producing. So I was more the creative brain in, into the music uh, music type. And I think Andre was more business-minded. So he thought about more the marketing stuff and how can we sell it. And just calling also to different types of venues. Can we do a pre-show? How do you say it for the bigger concert, concert just a show before the concert can we do that uh, just for free or for for just a little 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 bit of money yeah so yeah and i, I do think that that period was uh, was the fundament of the creativity that we need to have uh, or we needed to have in, in the in the in the business after that so with also um, with, a lot, uh, with no money so you think yeah. more creativity comes with yeah, no money yeah. yeah and i always think about that period as this is was really fundamental in thinking outside the box trying to think about concepts because if you're an artist you're always thinking okay what kind of concept am, am i going to uh, uh, to write now yeah. on on, yeah. on what uh, instrumental i think that really made uh, yeah made you think in a different way mm -hmm. and then what i also think is that being on a stage and then talking to the audience and playing with the audience and see what works and see what doesn't work is also fundamental for me in terms of I'm, I'm mainly responsible for sales and for business development. And then if you're in a conversation with, with someone or, or with people or doing a presentation, you're just playing with the audience itself. And I think um, uh, being an artist was fundamental in how I do those things right now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would suggest everybody to just, <laughs> just first <laughs> make music. Make music and then do all the rest. <laughs> uh, maybe it's not, I, 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 I could play like tambourine. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for sure. <laughs> but we've got auto tune, so everybody can sing right now. So, uh, but interesting, what, what, what kind of music did you? Uh, yeah, play? what do you do? Like alternative rock. Alternative uh, rock. Yeah. Uh, nice. uh, you yeah, play yeah. the instrument or you sing? Uh, guitar. 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 Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Still performing, or is that out of the question now? 
my daughter was born 18 months ago, so not not in the last two years, but we're still writing writing music. Yeah, yeah. nice. Just also, uh, just keep in mind, just make music. If you love it, just just do it because if it, it, it eases your mind and you, you get it to another universal uh, universum, so it's also good to do uh, some relaxation in that. So, all right, thanks, John. So, guys, that brings us to. I have one end. more question. Oh, Sorry, David. Okay. Um, should, is there a song that you guys have made that we should play during the outro of the podcast? No. I think we can do an instrumental. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, be, be careful because if there's anything online, Steve will find it and just pick his own and plug it in. You will find it, I think. You will find it, yeah. Uh, we no, were like uh, 18 or something like that. I think, we, yeah, we were 18. We yeah. were like uh, street credibility rappers. <laughs> yeah, uh, without having street credibility. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I don't think uh, that that that's uh, that's fitable for 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 now. <laughs> next time, next time, right. next Thank time. You. Thank you for the question. Yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that does it for another episode of the Modern Hotelier. At this point, let us know how we can find out more information, how people can reach you. Plug away. Give us some information. Yeah. So so go to the website www.holoconnects.com and go to our LinkedIn page, also Holoconnects and. You can go to uh, my page, Monix Lock at LinkedIn, and Andre Smith with TH uh, as well. As yeah. well, yeah. And follow us on Instagram also. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. Thank you very much, guys. That does it. Thank you very Thanks much for uh, being here. Well. It was great being here. Yeah. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Us. That does it for the Modern Hotelier. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate okay. it. This episode is sponsored by Growth Advisors International Network the leading travel and hospitality innovation and growth advisory firm. GAIN is a global collective of seasoned C-level commercial, tech, operations, finance, and marketing executives, delivering an advisory platform focused on tactical and actionable solutions to drive growth, industry impact, and intelligent commercial expansion for the travel, food service, and hospitality tech industry. From technology and product development reviews, commercial strategy and brand positioning, to sales leadership and international go-to-market advisory, GAIN provides a range of managed C-level advisory services and expertise to tech vendors, investor funds, and hospitality entities, and helps startups and scale-ups in attaining commercial momentum and the capital for their seed-to-series rounds and exits. For more information and to contact GAIN Advisors, head to gainadvisors.com. You made it to the end of The Modern Hotelier. Thanks for listening. The Modern Hotelier is produced by Make More Media. Make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or follow wherever you get your podcasts. If you know of a guest or sponsor that would be a good fit, feel free to email us at hello at themodernhotelier.com. Thanks and have a great day.